0: you <laughs> finishing up the weird series. And in case today is the first day you're walking in the room and you're going, I'm not sure where you got, how you got to that, and what is this all about? Let me see if I can catch you up real quick. We stopped and looked and said, hey, uh, when I see how my neighbors are living, when I see how my relatives are living and my friends are living, it's normal. It's what everybody does. Here's the problem. When I take long enough, to actually assess how it's turning out to be normal. When I see how their kids are turning out, when I look at how their marriages are going, when I look in their faces and, and I don't see genuine, real happiness, I'm all of a sudden left the question that says, is normal actually working? Is going with the flow and doing what everybody else does actually getting us to where we want to be in our lives? And so in that moment, we've stopped and reconsidered and said, well, wait, 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 wait. Maybe, maybe it wouldn't be so bad to be a little bit weird, to be a little bit unnormal. And so we've gone back to some of the most outrageous teachings of Jesus. Some of the ones that when we first read them, we said, man, that is so weird. Jesus just must not have understood. He must, it must be written to some old people or a different content or some, but there's just no way that applies. And we're going back and reconsidering and saying, hey, maybe what on first blush seemed so weird is actually Helpful. Maybe if I had looked a little closer, if I had listened a little more, maybe if I'd actually had applied that to my life, I would have ended up with a better result. And we're reconsidering weird. Okay? And that's been the series. Today we're going to talk about a topic of sexual purity. And I know, I know, I know, I know know some of you in the room are going, wait, 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 I'm a grandmother, I'm a grandfather, I'm not sure sexual purity applies a whole lot in my life. Sexual purity applies. Here's why. Because you're a grandmother. And you're a grandfather. And someday your grandchildren are going to be navigating this topic. And who knows? It might be that moment driving down the road and having a quiet conversation. It, It might be sitting at Denny's one day across from your granddaughter. That the words you say on this topic that we're about to have Change their lives and keep them from a world of harm. See, if I was a grandmother or a grandfather, I'd want to know this well. Some of you in this room are parents. And some of us in this room have already made some mistakes in this area of our life and gone some places that have filled us. room. How powerful would it be if our children missed the mistakes of their mothers and fathers? If you and I, if you and I would prepare them to be weird in this topic, and then, guys, I'm just gonna. Say, there are singles in this room, and you're navigating this right now. And, and, I, and it, I'm just gonna say it. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you've done or haven't. I, I don't care. But how cool would it be to have a day that we mark in our lives and say, from that day forward, I was weird for God when it came to sexual purity. So we're just going to have this conversation. I think every person in the room is going to benefit from it because somewhere this is going to hit your life dead on. So let, let's just talk about normal for a second. Here's normal when it comes to sexuality. Here's what, we, here's what normal people in our culture say to their kids. Look, 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 You probably, you probably should look for somebody that you care about deeply. I mean, maybe even feel like you love to have your first sexual experience with. That That would make it better if that's how you do it. But somewhere after you've had that first sexual experience and you've fallen out of love with that person, then you probably at the very least should be in serious like with the people that you have sex with. But after a while you realize that doesn't necessarily matter as much anymore and sex can actually be recreational. And you just do it for the fun of it, the pleasure of it, because you're bored. And so it's okay to have this sexual encounter. Experiment all you want. Learn technique, do whatever that is, and then here's the part that gets really, 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 really confusing and normal. Somewhere you're going to end up staying with the same person for an extended period of time. Now we're not sure what that magic line in the sand is, I mean is it a month? Is it three months? Is it, I don't know, I don't know, but somewhere you're going to mystically cross a line and now your sexuality needs to be exclusive. Because if you actually go out and continue to be indiscriminate and have sex with whoever you want, then the person that you're with right now who feels like you're in commitment without having a commitment is actually going to feel violated. And then, if that weren't confusing enough, someday you're going to get married. And suddenly this thing that you've been doing that was simply recreational and simply about getting physical pleasure suddenly becomes precious and an unbelievably powerful statement of love to the person that you're with. Amen. I just say out loud, I'm pretty darn sure, as I watch TV, as I listen to the counseling sessions that we spend together, that normal, when it comes to this topic of sexuality, is not working. And Jesus is going to insert himself into the conversation and going to say something to you and me that is so weird about this topic that it's going to be almost mind-blowing for you and me. And you and I today need to reconsider what we've always thought. So grab your Bibles, here we go. It's Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. If you're not familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible and start working to the left, you're going to find this passage, Matthew chapter 5. This is Jesus talking about this very topic of sex. Matthew uh, chapter 5. Back of your Bible, work left. Here's what he says. You have heard that it has been said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, now watch this, I tell you that anyone who looks on a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in her, uh, with her in his heart. Now guys, let that sink in for a moment. Because this is weird. See, we were having a conversation. We were saying, hey, wait a minute. Is it okay to sleep with my boyfriend? Is it okay to sleep with my girlfriend outside the context of marriage? Jesus injects himself into the conversation, blows right past that question, leaps over, petting, so you and I touching people under clothes inappropriately, and lands on, you're not even supposed to have a lustful thought about somebody who's not your spouse. I mean, talk about radical shift in the conversation. Talk about a weird destination for him to land. But before you get uh, too set back, here's what Jesus is going to tell us. It's because, it's because this thing, this incredible gift of what happens sexually between a man and a woman is so precious it has to be treated with honor ever had that moment ever had sometime when somebody passed something down to you, you know, maybe it was your grandfather's and it's a medal he got in World War II, or maybe it was a doll that your grandmother played with when she was a little child. And the truth is, it probably doesn't matter a whole lot to anybody else, but because it's your grandmother, because it's your grandfather, because of the meaning attached to it, suddenly that little dirty doll becomes absolutely precious to you. Which means it gets placed in your home in the place of highest honor, You don't want the kids to play with it or disrespect it. You don't want to get dropped and broken. You would never use it as a doorstop. Why? Because it is precious. And in this moment, Jesus is going to say to you and me, this thing, this interaction between a man and a woman may be one of the most powerful, sacred gifts that God has ever bestowed on you. And the greatest mistake you could make would be to treat it as if it was ordinary and common. Matter of fact, uh, let let me give you some things that just set this apart, that just make it so different than what we even considered in our life. And here's the first thing you need to know. Sex has always been intended to be a play act. You understand what I'm saying? I'm saying the husband and the wife are actually characters in a play. And that sex has always been intended to be a play act of selflessness. See, what's supposed to happen and transpire in the marriage bed is simply this that the husband is saying to the wife, Look, 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 this is not about me. This is about me fulfilling you and meeting your needs ahead of my needs selflessly. It's about the woman saying to the husband, Look, 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 look. This is not about my selfish desires. This isn't about me first. This is about me putting you first in the marriage bed and meeting your needs. Remember, we talked the other week about othering. This is the ultimate moment of. And it's reserved for a moment between a husband and a wife. And the moment, you ready for this? The moment you and I take it out of the context of marriage, it immediately becomes selfish. Because it's now about me getting my satisfaction from you, no matter what it costs you to give it to me. It is the ultimate betrayal of the gift. Because I took what was intended to be selfless and made it selfish. And here's what you need to know. You cannot possibly have sexual contact outside the confines of marriage and not cause harm to the person you have sex with. It's impossible. Because, because, are you ready for this? Because sex is never purely a physical encounter. It's not. So let's unpack that for a second. Men. Or women, I'm sorry, women. Women, you cannot have sex with a man outside the bonds of marriage and not cause him harm. Isn't that weird? But you can't. Here's why. When you have sex with a man outside the bonds of marriage, you make him a luster. You absolutely amplify this part of his life because look at the deal. This is already a struggle for a man. You get the the way men are wired. They're already moving in that direction. But the minute you make yourself available to them outside of marriage, here's what you've told that man. Here's what you've taught him. You have taught him that women are available for his sexual gratification outside the context of commitment and marriage. Which means he immediately sees all women completely differently than he did before that encounter. And you immediately amplify his lust higher than it has ever been before. He will live the rest of his life with that burden. You immediately make him go mentally to a place that if he had never gone there with you, he would never have gotten to as fast. But now he knows what's down the trail. And what you've done in that moment is you have created a pathway in his mind a worn spot in his mind that says, women are available to me outside the context of marriage. Take a guess. How many women do you think I've been to bed with? Come on, it's okay. It's not the newlywed game, it's the pastor-wed game. So we're just, how, how many do you think? One. One. And I wait. I, I get it, I got it, I got it, got it. You guys are going, Lynn, that's because you're old. <laughs> it's because you're a pastor. And all I have to say to that is this are you stupid? I am as much guy as any guy in the room. M- maybe more so. And I'm just gonna tell you, my heart and my mind can go the wrong, it's quickly. And one of the greatest gifts of my life is that even though I grew up in a generation that was all about risky business and porkies and flash dance, and I'm just telling you there's a scene, but all right, anyways. (laughs) That I made a conviction in my heart that said, I will hold this precious thing precious. And here is the unbelievable benefit to my life. There is no path. There's no memory. There's no even concept in my mind that women are available to me sexually outside the bonds of commitment. I have never gone there and I don't even know where there is. How many of you have ever gone horseback riding? Okay, so it's not really horseback riding, it's really nag riding, right? It, it, they give you some broken down old horse. Uh, you get on top of this thing, you're, you're afraid it's going to die, you know, carrying your weight. Uh, you head out and you're having to kick the thing in the side like every five feet because it's... And so you spend about 45 to 50 minutes doing that on your hour trail ride. Isn't it interesting that it takes you 45 to 50 minutes to go out? Because something absolutely remarkable happens when you turn that horse back toward the barn. <laughs> and all of a sudden, a full gallop, right? Head toward the barn. You don't know why? Because that horse knows what's in the barn. It's called barn sour. It's a well-worn path in his mind. And ladies... When you make yourself available to a man outside the confines of marriage, you burn a path of lust that he will travel a hundred times. He'll be barn sour. And woe to the... That's a play on words. Uh, (laughs) Woe to the woman who ends up married to that man because she'll live with his struggle for the rest of their lives. See... We harm each other when we do this. Men. You cannot go to bed with a woman outside the confines of marriage and not harm her. It's impossible. It's impossible because you and I are soulish creatures. And when when we when we interact physically. We cannot leave our souls behind. I don't care how much conversation you have ahead of time. I don't care how much you say, hey, this is just casual. This is just friends with benefits. You weren't built that way. Matter of fact, grab your Bibles real quick. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. So again, go to the back of your Bible and then work to the left. It's 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Here's what it says. You ready? Flee. Run away, run away, run away. Run away from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside their body. You realize the Bible is saying here that this sin, because the gift of sexuality is so precious, this sin is different than every other sin that a person commits, And whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who's in you from whom you have received from God? Ready to listen to this. You aren't your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now here's the thing on the passage. And we've kind of had this conversation before, but it's worth the revisit. The reason, men, that you can't go to bed with her and not cause her harm is because she brings her soul with her when she comes. Matter of fact, in there when it says, everyone who sins sexually sins against their own body, it's a a poor translation. The reality, probably better for you and me living in the 21st century, would have been everybody who sins sexually sins against their very personhood who they are on the inside. And God, when he created, guys, go look, 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 you and I are not animals. When you and I come to that moment physically, we bring something special with us. It's the soulishness of us. And God created you and me with this amazing gift, this amazing thing that our souls are sticky. Our souls long to bond with another human soul. And when we come together physically, our souls immediately attach And I don't care, again, what you say, I don't care what you pretend, I don't care what rules you set up, your soul doesn't know the rules. And so your soul immediately begins to bond with the person that you're with. So here's, here's the problem. You, you and I take a soul that's built by God to be sticky and to attach to the people that we're with, and all of a sudden you've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you spend some time and the relationship doesn't work, and then… That's over and now you're off to the next person and you really do care about them or maybe it is just casual and fun or maybe it was a drunken night and and you spend time and then you you realize, here's what happens. Every time you're with someone physically, your soul moves into attachment and each time that you leave that, you take stuff with you which makes you less able to attach. You, You take two people who've been living in a normal lifestyle and suddenly they get to marriage and they go, I I don't get it. I thought this was supposed to be so much more unified. I thought there was supposed to be such a greater connection. I don't understand. Here's what men do. Uh, Men go sleep around with all the gals who are available to them and then when they decide to get married, they want a gal who hasn't slept around much they think they're beating the system men men your soul gets fuzzy too and you'll suddenly find yourself with the wife of your dreams wondering why you can't give your heart to her why are you living at distance because you can't go to bed with somebody outside of marriage and not wound not change you ready for this It makes it one of the most selfish things that you could possibly do. That you and I, in our normal culture, exchange 30 minutes of selfishness for a lifetime of harm. It's insane. And if we really loved them, we would never do that to one another. There's a second part of this, second piece of this. If you love someone... (laughs) There's going to be a moment where you're going to find that someone. You're going to find the person that you love differently than anybody you've ever loved before. And in that moment, you're going to want to express to them, I love you. And and I, I need you to know that I love you in a different way. I love you in a way that I have never felt this way about anybody else. And I am putting you in that position, that place in my heart. And Jesus gave us, God gave us this incredible thing of sexuality that was intended to only be broken open on the wedding night so that you and I in that moment could say, hey, look, look, look. I may have dated a lot of other people. I may have known, but I'm just telling you, I've never, ever put anybody else in this position. I have never expressed my love in this way to any." other human being which then guys get ready makes it the most sacred expression of love that a man can give to a woman or a woman to a man it makes it a precious gift it is only cheapened if I make it common men when you give a woman an engagement ring what do they do Right? You know, you're crazy. It's just, it's like, wow. Because, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. What does an engagement ring symbolize? You are saying to her, I choose you. And you are so dear and so precious, I'm willing to exclude all other women in my life for you. And it is a moment of unbelievable honor and a moment of an unbelievable expression of love. Men do this. Try giving her a ring that you actually gave to your last girlfriend. (laughs) And we laugh, right? that never go over. How interesting is this? That you and I would be more offended at getting a hunk of metal that was given to someone else, but will accept a person's personhood that's been given to 20 others. just got a feeling that you and I've got this backwards that God in absolute love said to you and me I'm going to give you an unbelievably precious gift but it only stays precious if you wait to give it to the one please don't use it as a doorstop but please 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 don't use it indiscriminately because it's only precious if you hold it precious Here's the deal. I know, I know, I know. I know that this is a hard conversation for some. But I'm just wondering what would happen if an entire church decided to get weird on the topic of sexual purity. What if grandmothers and grandfathers and parents in this room dedicated themselves today to say I'm going to raise my kids to be weird and and I'm going to equip them and prepare them for sexual purity to, to, to wait to give this incredible gift only to the person that they marry. Think, guys, think about the blessing that you would have handed to your children in that moment. I know in this room There are people who say, I just got to be honest, man. I'm hurting right now because I've blown past all this. I mean, I've I've already gone so far across this line and now my heart is hurting. You don't think your heavenly father would be honored if today you said, hey, I figured it out. (laughs) I finally understood And when I figured it out, I drew a line in the sand and I said, from this day forward, I choose to live with sexual purity. I choose to hold this in sacred trust so that one day when I marry, I'll be able to say to my spouse, look, I'm not telling you I'm mistake-proof. I'm just telling you the moment I understood this, I immediately held it for you so that you would know that I love you. And that you are different than anybody else in my life. That'd be powerful, wouldn't it? What if an entire church got weird on this topic? I've got a feeling all of us would be blessed and Jesus would be honored. So let's do that. Let's pray. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, we we simply come to the moment. And God, this is just so far off track. This is so different than our friends and so different from our culture. God, we can't turn on TV and people who met each other five minutes before are jumping in a bed with each other and taking what may be your second most precious gift and treating it like it's a disposable filter, a door jam, God we just choose this day to be weird we choose this day to take what you gave us that's precious and hold it as precious to only give it to the person who we give our lives to in the commitment of marriage and God we don't care it's okay if people laugh it's okay if we miss out on some dates it's okay we choose today to hold precious what you have called precious precious And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.